Welcome to a place of wellness and healing for both your body and mind. Get ready to live a happy, healthy, energized life that totally rocks. You're listening to Straight Talking Natural Health, a no BS podcast for busy women who want to ditch the fatigue, find balance and feel great with your host and naturopath, Jules Galloway. Some of you may recognize today's guest from episode number 17 of Straight Talking Natural Health, where we talked about what it's like to be a naturopath in the country areas of Australia. It was definitely an eye-opener and it revealed the unique issues that our rural and remote communities face when it comes to well-being. And today, I've gotten this legend back on the show to share with you a personal story about her own health issues and a warning. If you're on tank water, if you visit somewhere regularly that has tank water, or if someone you love is on tank water, listen up, because this episode contains information that you may find shocking and that you 100% need to know. Do not put this off. This is one of those take action now kind of podcasts. So without further ado, and no pressure, mate, <laughs> please welcome back to the show, the very amazing Hayley Dawson. Woo! Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Ah, it's absolute pleasure. I'm really excited about this one because it's been a bit of a bugbear of mine for quite a while because you and I both have a lot of naturopathic clients in rural and remote areas who get gut issues and this whole tank water thing has been annoying the crap out of me for ages and I'm so seriously glad you popped up in my Insta feed about, what was it, about a week ago with your own story? Yeah, I think so. And Mm. I just can't believe the amount of, like, since I shared my story, the amount of messages that I've had from people who were like, I've been so sick for so long and I didn't know why and I've got our water tested and now we need to have take urgent action on our water tank. And it just, it's like no one's speaking about it and we think that rainwater is the best kind of water because it comes straight from the sky, but there's so much to it that we need to consider. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Deep breath, everyone, because uh, this, this, <laughs> it's, it is pretty shocking. So tell me how you came to realize something was wrong with, with your own self. Like what was going on? I was just, so I guess my gut health has probably been an issue for eight years, I would suggest. And probably one of the main reasons that I became a naturopath. Um, and then, you know, I started to manage my gut really well for so many years. And then probably two years ago, I went to Bali, got a bit sick, quite sick, let's just say. Um, and then I guess I had a weakened gut from there. And then I was trying to do everything in my power to get my gut right. And we started doing some testing probably 12 months ago in regards to stool analysis, um, had a colonoscopy. We had everything. We just really got everything tested because I was getting some blood in my stool. I just wasn't 100% and I needed to push it further. And I, we got the results back and, oh gosh, basically from my um, stool analysis, I had every bad bug possible and not many good bugs. And we were just like, okay, that's all right. We can deal with this. And I, um, I'm sure there's naturopaths listening here. I outsourced my health, which I think is the most important thing to do. So if you have any health issues and it's so important to outsource it because you can't be, um, oh, you can't have perspective in your own health. You can't be um, objective. Objective. That's the word I was looking for. You cannot be objective in your own health. So definitely outsource it. And it's, do you know how nice it is to outsource your health? Because you can just be like, I know some of this stuff, but just tell me exactly what I want, what I need to do. Because, and like we tell everyone else what to do, but sometimes it's nice just to be on the other foot to be like, just tell me, I don't care what it is. Just tell me what to do. (laughs) Yeah. Which like, that's, that's the thing that really gets me like we naturopaths shouldn't even be naturopathing themselves. Like we should, we should all be seeing someone else because otherwise like you just, you can't see the picture clearly. 
No, absolutely. And recently, um, my naturopath who I've been seeing is like, oh, I want to put you on a new treatment compound. Do you have these things? And I'm like, I don't care. No, you just make them for me and send them <laughs> to me. I don't want to make it. Just, just give it to me. I don't care. Just because it takes off the pressure and I'm just, you know, I've got this amazing support network behind me now that we're getting on top of it. So anyway, that's a little bit off topic, but a good reminder for everyone. Um, so yeah, we got the stool analysis done and we started, we just started, we started treating it. We started, um, having antimicrobial herbs, um, anti-inflammatories and this is like going on for four or five months that we were getting some improvements and then I'd get a flare up and then we'd get some improvements and then I'd get a flare up. And in, so at this I'm point, about, to, sorry, but yeah, at this point it, it was all about your gut. No one had thought to look in the tank. Is that right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, cool. yeah totally. So we just, um, well, yeah, getting all these issues and then along the way, like, and you know, healing's not linear, but it was kind of, yeah, I was feeling really good. And then, oh no, I've crashed and burned. And, um, we even did a like, um, three week, maybe even four week of like just this anti-inflammatory shake, veggies, broth, like super, super, low inflammation diet. And we still like weren't getting anywhere. And the naturopath said, Oh wow, if this isn't working, like, I don't know this, I don't know what else to do kind of thing. And I was just at that point, I was like, my partner had said to me, and he's always been like, Oh, the tank water's fine. The tank water's fine. He said, Oh, the water's tasting a little bit funny. And I'm like, Oh God, it's not, it's always tastes the same. Like that's what it is. But I knew I could run with it from that point because I'm like, well, if Lockie thinks that the water tastes funny, I can run with it because he's made the first step. Um, so I was like, okay, so I got my water sample. I called the lab to be like, I need to get my water tested, went in, got the water tested. And within a couple of days I got the, um, test results back and it said that we had, high E. coli and other bacteria. So when they're getting tested, they can they test for um, E. coli, another bacteria that I cannot think off the top of my head. I'll look at, I'll find the results in a sec, and other bacteria. So it, it's a really broad thing, other bacteria. Mm, so that doesn't I'm tell assuming us much. it doesn't tell us much. So that's why it's really important, I think personally, to get the test the water tested plus the stool analysis together so you actually know what bacteria you're dealing with yeah yeah right and tell me like e coli how come that gets in the tank water is that coming from like animal poo on the roof or what's yeah. going on yep i would yeah i would suggest that for sure um animal poo dust um, a combination for sure so it's 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 just there. And, and if you, if you think like birds sitting on your roof, if you've got, um, if you're getting uh, water from uh, sheds close by, if you're on a farm, like our wool shed, we've got a tank down at our wool shed. And I got that water tested too, in case we had to drain our tank. And that was a brand new concrete water tank and it still had nasty bugs in it. Holy and we only moly. had it for 12 months. Okay. Yeah, it still had a couple of the bugs in it. Because I've had clients say similar things to me like, oh, we've got this amazing water tank. It's new. It's fresh. The roof's been painted properly with the right stuff, blah, blah, blah. Nothing's getting in there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So on our wool shed, basically, um, because we've it, it's a dusty environment and just to paint a picture, we live in southwest Victoria where we have pretty reliable rainfall, regular rainfall. Um, and yes, it does get dusty in summer, but we're by all means not in a, a, a dusty area in central New South Wales or Queensland. So that's something to consider as well. Like if my tank down there can have a bug in it, then definitely everyone else's could have a bug in it too. So how prevalent do you think this is? Like if, you know, like I, I'm starting to just think if you have tank water, we're testing you, end of. 
A hundred percent. Oh God. I think the same. So I think, so I think why I got it, I feel we're jumping around everywhere. So please pull me up if we need to go back or anything. Um, but I feel I got symptoms before Lockie. I don't have children, um, but I feel that I got symptoms before Lockie because of that incident in Bali and my gut had already been a big weakness for me. So I think I got the symptoms worse than what Lockie did personally, just because I had a weakened digestive system. Um, and you know, Lockie's maybe a little bit stronger than mine. So it's, and, it, and apparently it attacks children first. So I had this amazing chat with the um, person who tested out tank water. Uh, he's a scientist and he is a wealth of knowledge. And we spoke for, I don't know, half an hour to an hour about different things in regards to the tank. And he said, usually people pick it up when they've got children because their children are sick first. Um and but obviously for us we didn't don't have children so maybe it's been an ongoing thing for so long that yeah it's just yeah gotten to the stage where it got too bad and everything all fell fell apart so and and the naturopath um, in me wants to say oh but you know you you're such a great naturopath and and you probably eat well and you look after your gut health and you've probably taken lots of probiotics in the past it maybe that made you more resilient and able to possibly longer the naturopath in me wants to say that but i mean it could just be luck or random more random than that couldn't it 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 could absolutely it could and i've had um families so in our local area um i know quite a few people who have had blastocystis um and have been to the been to the gp and got tested just from a standard stool test um and three of the people in a family of five have tested positive but two haven't mm. so that's another thing to consider but you know the standard stool test from the doctor isn't going to be as comprehensive as a functional pathology stool test yep so let, let's just cover that off so the standard pcr that most gps seem to be doing these days tests for how yep. many bugs and off the top of my head, five to seven. Is oh, that right? Yeah, I think so. And so there's some some parasites and some bacterial uh, pathogens yes. in that PCR test. Yeah, I've seen I've yes. seen a few variants as well. I've seen ones where they look for about ten things or so. But yeah, it's never more than ten or twelve bugs. And yeah. then yeah. when we do the more comprehensive stool tests, it looks at so many more than that, doesn't it? Oh, so many more. I, I, oh, I can't, I don't know exactly how many, and it depends on the level and stuff that you get, but it, the report is about 17 pages long and it gives you so much more detail in regards to how well you're digesting foods correctly, your good bacteria and your bad bacteria. So basically when you're going to get a standard stool test from the GP, you're just getting the bad bacteria, which I don't know if if you've seen this too, but when I've um, done comprehensive stool analysis with um, some of my clients, I'm seeing this dysbiosis so frequently because people think that taking a probiotic is a good thing and don't get me wrong, it is a good thing, but we're not rotating our probiotics correctly or we're not feeding our body the right one. So, And some of the probiotics on the market have one or two strains in there. And then we're seeing this overgrowth of one bacteria and undergrowth of others. Yep, absolutely, absolutely, which is why going down to the health food shop or pharmacy and grabbing a probiotic is a really good start, but it it might not even be the first step. Like sometimes people are doing kombucha and kefir and probiotics and sauerkraut and all these things, but they haven't actually weeded out the bad bugs first. A hundred percent, yep, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I feel we've missed a step, but that's where uh, that's a bit of where we're, I'm at anyway because we're jumping around so much, but I hope I'm not confusing everyone. But, um, yeah, I guess I just think in regards to the tank water, it's not about when you get, like, if you get symptoms. I think it's just a matter of when, whenever, like, you're going to get them whenever like it could happen at any time don't think you're going to be the lucky one that 
is going to get out of this. You need to be proactive in getting your tank water tested, it cleaned on a regular basis, filters put on, like all of that kind of stuff. You have to be proactive because if you're putting theoretically two litres of water from the tank in your system every single day plus washing your dishes plus brushing your teeth teeth. all those other yeah all those other little things how many of those bugs are just sitting in there you can be doing all the antimicrobial anti-candida anti-fungal herbs but you're putting all this bacteria back in there in the end of the day yeah, that's really scary. It just, to me, it's really starting to sound like, a, and I, I don't want to scare the pants off people. Like this isn't the intention of, of this podcast. Like the intention is to just raise that awareness and you know, if you've got some of these yeah. issues, go and get tested and get it sorted. But it, it honestly sounds like a ticking time bomb and I, I feel like I'm not even being overly dramatic by saying that. No. So if I put it in a little bit of perspective for everyone. So um, we, I had this discussion with the, the tank, um, the guy who tests the water, and I said, we have a concrete tank. And he goes, perfect. They're the best form of, of tank for um, preventing bacteria growth. Um, and because they keep cool and at a stable temperature and um, all of those kind of things. And he said, do you have direct runoff from your house? And I said, yes, we have direct runoff from our house. And he, he said, okay, that's great. And there was another question, which I can't think of off the top of my head, but we ticked all the categories for our water to be fine. He goes, oh, it'll be really unlikely that, you know, you've got any issues, um, but, you know, it was $30. I wasn't really, I was like, I'm testing it no matter what. Um, he said, so yeah, we'll test it. And sure enough, it came back with um, a, a bit of E. coli and some other bacteria. So I was like, okay, what are, what are our next steps? So I rang a tank cleaner and he suggested to me that we, do we have alternative sources of water? And I said, yeah, we've got a brand new tank down at the wall shed. That's fine. Um, he said, we'll get that tested first. I'm like, yep, yeah, okay, I'll get that tested. So got that tested and it basically had the other bacteria that was um, what they test for, which is um, chlorophylls, uh, chloroforms, sorry, and other bacteria. So those two tested. So it was slightly different to our water, but it was still had some <laughs> bugs in there, which I was right. like, oh, that would so be get- right. Yeah. Right. That's great. You're growing yourself a nice bacterial soup. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, he's like, well, we don't necessarily have to drain it, but it's always good to have a backup if we need to um, transfer water in and if we have to drain it. So sure enough, I'm like, yep, cool, no worries. We can buy water from town. We can put the other water in, whatever. It's fine. We'll work it out when you come out. Let's just get it started. And um, he, so he came out, he tried to clean it as much as he could, but he um, decided in the end there was, there was, um, it wasn't clean to his standards. So he wanted to drain it, which we didn't mind because we wanted to just get it sorted. So he drained it. He found two dead animals in there, um, which is, yeah. And I've had messages since sharing my story of someone having like 12 possums dead in their tank yeah how do they get in how do they get i thought you there's like grills and guards and and measures yeah what the how are they getting in i don't know i don't know there are guards and stuff whether they push the guards over and get in that way whether they've been there for 10 years who knows Oh, that's, yeah, that's horrifying. Okay. So, yeah. so, so my water wasn't even vegetarian friendly, basically. Oh, no. I had to laugh. <laughs> Non-vegetarian water. or anything like that. But <laughs> I'm like, the water can't even be vegetarian. So, <laughs> oh. um, yeah. So anyway, we cleaned it and that's fine. And um, we also treated our tank. So 
we were lucky enough that we cleaned it before we got all this and, and cleaning our gutters as well. So if you're cleaning your tank, you've got to clean your gutters because that's where some bacteria lives as well. So often the tank the, the tank cleaner, whoever comes to do it, will clean your gutters and your tank all at the same time. Um, so we did that and we, we treated the tank, um, but we were also lucky that we had rain coming. So we got rain, our, our tanks are full again, um, whether we're drinking it at the moment or not, but we still do have it for showers and things like that. But we also treated the tank. So that's what I wanted to talk about. If you're happy for us to talk about treating the tank before we get into it, too much. This of is great. Like, Does that cool? Yeah, absolutely. I've got a list of questions here and you're just covering them all off. So I'm just going to sit here and let you go. <laughs> <laughs> this okay. is awesome. Cool, all because right. I, I, I do kind of go off on a few little tangents, but I've just like, immerse myself in so much research and asking people for advice and I've just I want to share as much as I can um and the cleaning process and treating the tank is really important because I think for the for the moment we I haven't got a filter yet we will get a filter in the coming weeks but for the moment we haven't got the filter I still don't feel comfortable in drinking all of the water. So we are boiling it or buying it or um, using a standard kind of filter. Um, But I feel comfortable in, uh, you know, brushing my teeth in it now that it's treated. So we treated our tank water with uh, chlorine for a number of reasons. Um, The main reason being you can smell it. So you can tell whether um you need to treat it further or if it's doing its job because of the smell so we chose chlorine because you hit it with one dose which uh, um, our tank the person who tested the water gave us so he suggested you do it at this dose um and he and you got to mix it through and everything and he said if you can still smell the chlorine within 24 hours that's fantastic but if you can't smell the chlorine after 24 hours, you have to hit the hit it again with a, a, a smaller dose, like a half strength dose. And this um, is really and, controversial, right? Because naturopaths are usually really yeah. anti-chlorine. So yeah, yeah. So does that mean we, you have yeah. to filter it out again before you use the water? Okay, so where so. I'll come to that in a sec. So we um, used that method because we were still safe to shower in the water, but we we obviously we didn't want to drink it. Um, we're still safe to shower in the water, but we had more control of knowing whether we had gotten rid of any bacteria or if we needed to treat it again because you can buy other. Um, it's sounding like the lesser of two evils basically yes it was definitely the lesser of two evils so it was um there's another sort of like tank cleaner that you can get at like general plumbing supply shops um and so you can get that but it doesn't have a smell and you don't know if it's working you don't know if the chemical's still in there so i felt so much more comfortable knowing we would know if the chemicals in there because we can smell it. So we did the lesser of two evils basically. So at the moment we have a standard like um, water filter that you can sit on your counter and you can fill it up and that takes away a lot of the bacteria. But E. coli, I still am like, is it really taking away all of the E. coli? Is it not? I just a little bit skeptical on the like standard filters that you yeah. can put on your counter. And from what so, from what I've noticed, yeah. it doesn't filter out blastocystis and diatomeba, which are two really common parasites. Is that right? Yes, yes. So that's my understanding too. So, and from my research, it talks about boiling water constantly for three minutes, like a running boil for three minutes before it actually comes out. Mm-hmm. So yep. that's what we do in Fiji on the nutrition trips that I go on. We're, yeah. we're constantly boiling water to make sure that, that we get the blasto out because they, 
yeah, over in Fiji, we have when we go to remote areas, it, this is the same thing. Like they have blasto in the tanks over there as well, and it hardly ever rains, so the tanks are always only like one quarter full when we go over there, and unless it's yeah. wet season. So if we go in dry season, yeah, similar issues, similar issues. Yeah, yeah. So when we when we when I'm looking at a, a tank filter, I want to have the peace of mind that I know that it's going to be fine for if I brush my teeth, if I open my mouth when I have a drink, like when I'm showering as an example, and even washing the dishes that I know that there's going to be no bacteria sitting on the, the plates or whatever before I then go and eat off them. Because I feel mm. that that just freaked me out when I was doing some research and I'm like, it could still be like living on there and I just don't know because we don't have a dishwasher so our water's not at a, a really high temperature pushing it through. So in the research that I've done, you need to get a UV light treated, like water filter, so it hits it with UV light to uh, kill off, I think, 98% of the bacteria. Then it goes through a two-part filter system to be able to filter out any more nasties um, in case I didn't get it through the UV. So that's what I'm currently um, about to get and put on our house. And it's not just put on our, it's kind of put on our pump system. So it will filter all the water going through the whole house rather than just on our um, kitchen tap or just on our, yeah, or we have to fill up a water jug every day. It's going to go on the whole house so we know that everything's going to be filtered correctly. That's a great idea. And and I was just thinking when you were talking about like showering, et cetera, all I could think of is mums who are listening to this who pop their kids in the bath and tell me kids don't drink bath water, right? Oh. Kids, they, they're always sticking their head under and blowing bubbles and like throwing yeah. water at each other. And all I could think of was... If you've got, if you're on tank water and you're popping kids in a bath, like they are drinking it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, so that's that's why I wanted to share that we did the process of cleaning our tank with the chlorine um, because absolutely you hit the nail on the head. It was a lesser of two evils. So I don't want to scare people in thinking that they never, they can't drink their water, they can't do anything. But I just wanted to share the process that we did. Because you can make your water better than what it was if you can't justify the filter at this current point in time. You know, you can start by doing some treatments and still boiling your water or um, using some filters like a a stock standard filter um, on the bench to begin with because it is going to be better. It's not going to be the best possible option, but it's going to be better. So, I'm a believer that any small steps in the right direction is positive. Yeah, absolutely. Whew, all right. Uh, in earlier conversations that we've had uh, before hitting record, you also mentioned an issue with copper in the tank water. What's that about? Okay, so there's huge pushes, advertising pushes, um, new technology, cost, you know, all of this kind of stuff to push people towards getting poly tanks, so big plastic tanks. Um, and we, you and I, obviously know that plastics has a number of different negative effects on our health. Mm-hmm. Hormone disrupting, we, anyone? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then even the next part that I'm going to say is even going to come back to hormones even more. But um, then we also have another push for people to get these beautiful colour bond steel roofs. And, yes, a steel roof is going to be better for us in the long run when we're looking at um, bugs and stuff in water. But apparently from um, my discussions with some scientists, they have um, informed me that when you have the rain coming off a colourbon steel roof or a colour like coated steel roof, it doesn't have to obviously be that brand as, as per se, but going into a um, 
polyplastic kind of tank, we see a chemical reaction occur from the chemicals that are in the paint, then going into the chemical, uh, then going into the plastic, and it can increase the copper that's in our water. And then obviously it's going to come be pushed back through our pipes. And in many cases, people have copper pipes in their house, especially on their hot water. And we can see, well, then we start to drink that water um, or shower in that water and we start to see copper in our body increase. Um, now, you probably know, and I try and educate a lot of my clients on this as well, if you are on the pill as well, your copper levels are going to increase and your zinc levels are going to decrease. Um, and it, it, science is there behind it. There's articles I like... I've been through the same experience many years ago uh, and I even wanted to prove to my gynecologist that it did happen. So I made him, I did a six-week trial with him on, on a contraceptive <laughs> pill and did some blood tests pre and post and within six weeks my copper levels had risen dramatically um, and my zinc levels had dropped a lot. So um, and another key sign, if you're looking at your shower and you notice some green scum on the floor of your shower or on your tiles, uh, that is always there. You have to be cleaning it, cleaning it, cleaning it. That's often a sign that there's copper in your water. Yeah, we had that when I was growing up. I grew up in a high copper house and I didn't realise until much, much later that that's what the little blue streak on the bathtub was from where the bath yeah. had been leaking, you know, where the tap had just been yeah. dripping over the years. And that's quite scary when you realise what has caused that that stain. Uh, and I do a lot of work with pyrrol disorder. So, yeah, I'm, I'm yes. 100% on board with the, with the copper and the zinc. And the, the other one is uh, women who've just given birth. Their copper is at an all-time high naturally. Like that's, that's yeah. something that happens in their bodies as well. And I do, I do see a lot of uh, correlation between high copper levels in women and postnatal depression. So for me, it's um, very concerning. Very concerning. And I think like if we also think about the, you know, postnatal depression in rural areas with, you know, being on tank water and things like that, they've got the isolation factor to throw into it as well, let alone what's going on in their body. So, you know, we need to try and educate more on this to make sure that they're getting the right care and as early as possible as well. Yeah. And look, while we're on, while we're on the mental health note as well, uh, this would be a good time to also just backtrack a little bit because we talked about the physical symptoms that you personally had that led you to explore all of this stuff and to realize what was going on and to do the stool test, et cetera. Uh, but can you take me through some of the other uh, signs and symptoms that someone may have a, a bacterial or uh, a parasitic infection in the gut from their tank water because I especially want you to cover off some of the mental health stuff that we see, please. Yeah, absolutely. So we've obviously got um, a lot of the uh, physical digestive signs that can be associated with um, parasites or blastocystis or guardia or things like that, like the diarrhea, the gas or fluctuance, um, the greasy stools that tend to float can be often um, a sign, um, stomach cramps or nausea, um, even like blood in stools can be another one as well. So they're obviously the signs that we would commonly be like, oh, yeah, it's my gut. But we know that we have this gut-brain access. When our gut's not happy, our mind's not happy. And if our mind's not happy, our gut can't be happy. So that's something that we really need to consider as well. So if you're feeling those digestive systems, but on top of that with all of the mental health things on, um, going on in your mind, whether it's anxieties increased, whether you're feeling low mood, struggling to get out of bed in the morning, we need to consider what's going on in your gut to be able to address those factors as well. And not just in grown-ups but in kids, oh, my Lord, like seriously, how, yeah. many, how many kids have you seen with a gut bug who had behavioural issues? Oh, so many, so many. So, yes, absolutely. The um, mood changes and snappiness and those kind of things, definitely pick up on them. Don't think they're just being 
and even like say a grumpy teenager or um, a difficult toddler, don't try and just push that off. Get investigate it. Yeah. Yeah. And that goes for the copper as well. Don't get me started on copper and behavioral stuff. We'll be here all day. (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's cut to the treatment part. Uh, if we know, we know that you would have gone down like the herb and the supplement path, but, but what are all the options? Do you ever refer people to GPs for antibiotics? Uh, what do you normally do when you see someone who's come to you and they have a few of these pathogens in the gut already? Yeah. So I did all the paths. So I did antibiotics. I did herbal approach. I did all of the paths um, because it had been going on for so long and we just kind of, the herbs weren't working as quickly as we would have liked, probably because we didn't pick up on the tank water soon enough. I strongly believe Um, because we'd been doing the herbs for like three or four months before picking up that the tank water was the issue. Um, And then by that stage, I was so depleted. I was just like throwing my hands up in the air. I need to do something. So we went down the line of antibiotics as well at the time. So um, I... (laughs) You know, we go back to, I don't know if it's old school naturopathy, but, you know, the basic principles of weed, seed and feed is a great place to start. Um, Weeding out the bad bugs, planting some good healthy um, bugs, reducing inflammation in your digestive system and then helping our microbiome and our gut to thrive longer, longer term. Um, So we're not seeing little flare-ups and same with like food intolerances and stuff like that. We don't want, I don't want people to have a really sensitive gut if they go out and eat a meal and feel I have to run to a toilet or extremely bloated. They need to take the button off their pants um, and things like that. We want to sustain gut health longer term. Um, But I cannot stress how important is is the stool analysis in helping with the treatment because within the stool analysis, you find the best um, like antimicrobial herbs that can help or antibacterial herbs that can help. But it also gives you a list of antibiotics that these bugs that are in your digestive system aren't resistant to that would treat it to the best of the abilities. Plus it tells you about what probiotics you may need to um, help your digestive system long-term. So Yes, the stool analysis has a comes at a cost that isn't covered by Medicare or anything like that. It's a worthwhile cost because you're not playing a guessing game. You're, you're taking all the guesswork out of it. And if you do go down the line of antibiotics, take your stool test results to your GP and, and be really stringent in being like, these are the antibiotics and, and talk to your naturopath as well to, to help that communication with your GPs. So it, it is an open and a collaborative approach. Um, but that, that's really important to, to know what's going to work because to correct me if I'm wrong, but I see an integrative GP, but um, she has seen numerous times where you've, she's given the stock standard antibiotic to treat blastocystis or, um, so whatever parasite it could be and it just doesn't work she's needed to go further in investigating which antibiotics is going to work correctly so i ended up on a um, compound of antibiotics that i got um specially made in ballina um that was prescribed by my doctor and um they weren't nice let's know <laughs> they weren't nice at all I have really strong memories because it's only been I don't know eight weeks but of me laying on the floor at this house that we were trying to renovate that had the hor- like the dustiest horriblest carpet ever being like I am just so sick and my partner's like what is wrong and I'm like I just think it's the antibiotics and yeah. for five they were a 10-day course and for the first five days I was the sickest I've ever been obviously just that die off and obviously from my stool, stool analysis, I had all the bad bugs. Um, 
So yeah, it's that die off. So people, people may feel worse before they get better because of that die off period. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's really important to work with a GP who is really across the latest information regarding this stuff. Because I went to a conference last year that had uh, GPs and naturopaths present and they were, they were talking about uh, different protocols. Like if you are using herbs, this is your protocol. If you're using antibiotics, this is your protocol. And when they were talking about anti uh, antibiotics for gut bugs, they were not just talking about which antibiotic to use for which gut bug. They then went and talked about pulse dosing. And so how many days on the drug, how many days off, then how many days on, then how many days off. And so uh, there are new there's there's there are new studies there are new protocols out there there's new research and if you find a GP who's on the cutting edge of that then your uh, outcomes become uh, statistically you know better uh, because yeah. they're they're across ha- uh, not just how to nuke this sucker in the first place but how to stop it actually recurring because what we what we do see a lot of is people uh, initially nuking it and then it somehow manages to have like a, a you know, another resurgence. So uh, I've also worked in with GPs where the client will have an initial say 10 or 14 days on the antibiotic and then what we do is we do a course of herbs after that to help it stop, to help stop it coming back. Uh, I yeah. believe, I believe that that period after the antibiotics is like this crucial time, because we know that we, like, like you said, like it even comes down to being worried about washing your dishes and rah, rah, rah. We can't stop the exposure unless we go and live in a bubble. We can't stop ourselves mm-hmm. being exposed to bacteria. And a lot of these gut bugs that we're talking about today, they're known as opportunistic pathogens, right? Opportunistic means that they see they see a campsite and they go and set up camp in it. So if they see a gut that it's not terribly healthy, that has suddenly been nuked of all the good and the bad bacteria with antibiotics, they they run in there and they set up camp and they start to multiply. So I believe like that that month or two after the antibiotics is like a really crucial time uh, where naturopaths can go in and actually make sure that the bad bugs stay out and that we start recolonizing with the good bugs really quickly and really effectively and and making that terrain really nice so that the good bugs stick around Uh, because otherwise you leave yourself open to the next opportunistic pathogen that comes along. My my biggest concern is with a lot of my, my regional and rural people is they go to their mates' places, and then they drink their tank water oh. without thinking. Um, and it could even just be, you know, the, the ice cubes or brushing your teeth there because you've stayed overnight. Or, you know, I, I yeah. had a client, she was on town water. We couldn't work yeah. out why we couldn't get rid of it. We had the same thing as you. Like we were doing all the work and then the gut bugs just kept coming back, kept coming back. Her best friend had Blasto in her water tank and she used to like stay overnight there. So she was basically living there part-time. And then when the we first, treated the best friend, yeah. we were fine. <laughs> the first time I've drunk tank water at someone else's house was literally uh, on Sunday, I think, and I'm like, I feel very nervous about doing this. I've yeah. brought my water to every other place I've ever been to in the last like um, couple of months. I don't know about this. So I had like one glass and I'm like, yep, no, that's me done. I'm not having any more, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And it's, it is, it's sad that we're at a point where we are, we're becoming a little bit afraid of these things. But, but I also think that as we build our own resilience and we make that terrain, that gut terrain nice again, and we put all the good yeah. bacteria in and all the prebiotics and all the probiotics and we, we get that gut uh, feeling healthy again, then... I think we become more resilient and I hope, I hope that's the case. What do you think? Yeah. Okay. So a couple of things that I wanted to mention is um, because I know there's people going to be in rural areas that are going to listen to this and they're going to say, Oh, but my GP isn't very helpful. And you know, I don't know. And I see a different one every single time. And that's really common in rural areas because 
we just can't get GPs to stay in the area and, you know, although they're really hard to get into. Yep. We now have, thanks to COVID, I'm going to, thanks to COVID, we'll take the, this little win, we now have the ability to claim tele, uh, private um, Medicare rebates for telehealth uh, appointments with any GP. So they, it may change in the future, but you have the ability to pick the GP that you want to see. We've been doing this for ages in naturopathy and n- natural health niching. We cannot know everything. We absolutely cannot know everything. And GPs cannot know everything either. So try and find a GP that resonates with you, that um, is an expert in their, in your the field that you're looking for. Um, so you can go and see a GP if they're in Sydney or if they're in Byron Bay or wherever they may be. You can now have the ability to see them via telehealth. You don't have to travel and you're still going to be getting the same great care um, and support and their knowledge from just seeing them via telehealth. Yep. And also you you did touch upon it then as well. Like there are so many naturopaths. Now this year, 2020, more than ever, thanks COVID, like yeah. something good had to come of this. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. Look, you, you've been doing Zoom consults for a long time before it was cool. I've been doing Zoom consults yeah. for a long time before it was cool. We're both across this stuff, but there are so many other naturopaths out there now especially this year, who are also doing Zoom consults, who are also across this stuff. So we can have tests posted out to you. Then you yeah. you get those tests sent back straight to the lab. There's ways of yeah. doing this. Like we need to be creative sometimes with uh, taking the taking the stool sample to the labs. Uh, like Absolutely, it's, but it's possible. I'll it's guarantee possible. it's possible. I've got mine there, and it is possible. <laughs> yeah, we've we've had people in such. Both of us have had people in such remote areas that we've had to like you know get online and have a look at how we're going to make this happen. But we are very dedicated to making this happen and yeah if if you're if you're listening to this and you're living in a remote area just know that we can find a way uh so if you if you've got a gp nearby great if you don't have a gp nearby don't worry we've got workarounds for you so we can get you tested we can at least identify what the problem is once we know what the problem is then you can do telehealth with your doctor or with your naturopath or with both and talk about your options and then make an informed choice about what you're going to do yeah absolutely absolutely um i don't know we're probably running out of time but jules I'm going to ask you a question. What are your thoughts in regards to probiotics with antibiotics? How should we take them and things like that? Because I noticed with my um, antibiotic experience recently is that um, I didn't probably take enough and after after I finished them, I was so depleted, my mental health and overwhelm and all of that kind of got over like got on top of me. So I think it's really important if you are taking the antibiotics is making sure that you are getting the the probiotics in there as well. Do you have any recommendations on when to take them? Oh, I've got, I've got whole, whole protocols written up around this. We, we need to sit down and have a cuppa and a zoom and a, and a, and a bit of a powwow, I think. But, uh, yeah, I love nerding out over this stuff, but I, I will generally do a gut healing protocol for a few weeks before we, if we have time, if we have wiggle room, uh, before we even launch into either antibiotics or antimicrobial herbs. So no matter which route they go down, you'll usually see, me dosing people up really high on things like glutamine to help to heal up the gut as much as possible so that you don't get those nasty die-off symptoms as badly. Uh, Pumping good bacteria in, yes, but two hours away from the antibiotics or from the antimicrobial herbs. But I know that, I know there's been a lot of thinking in the last decade, especially about uh, shying away from using probiotics until that 10 or 14 day course of antibiotics is done. But I've found uh, clinically and anecdotally that it if you give probiotics during that course of antibiotics two hours away from the drugs, it does help to reduce the side effects, the symptoms uh, and 
some, you know, some of, uh, and I think it's like for, you know, for $40, $50 bottle of probiotics, it's, I think it's good insurance policy. And so what I will often do then after the antibiotics is do courses of antimicrobial herbs, but also taking a week off. So I might do two weeks on, on one set of herbs, two weeks on a different set of herbs so that they don't, so the bugs don't start to build up a tolerance to them. And then on the fifth week, they do high, high, high dose glutamine, anti-inflammatories for the gut, and uh, and and probiotics. And then if we have to do if we have to do it, we go around again. Two weeks on this herb and that herb, then another two weeks on a couple of other herbs, then another week of gut healing again. But uh, I've never put it out there as a protocol, and I never would because every, and I'm sure your clients are the Everybody same. Everybody is different. Everyone totally. gets a different prescription. Like I have it. Yeah. I've kind yeah. of got it. I've, it sits in Google Drive like as a prescription and then what I literally do is I cut and paste it into the client's file but then I adjust it according to their needs. And like you said, like with some of this um, magical, fancy, beautiful, amazing, scientific CDSA testing that we've got access to now, uh, the stool yeah. testing, it's, it often will test the bug against herbs as well. So each person's yes. getting a different herbal prescription depending on which yeah. herbs are showing up in that test as potentially being the most effective. So like person A might get golden seal, person B gets oregano, person C gets a combination of, um, of myrrh and, you know, berberine. Like everyone's getting something different depending on what we see in those test results, which I think is like bloody amazing, yeah. honestly. Yay, technology. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, I just wanted to bring that in to be like, um, make sure people don't get scared of taking probiotics with the antibiotics. I think they're a really essential part of it. Um, So, you know, definitely talk to healthcare professionals, but I think that's a really awesome thing to to do. So I think think the antibiotics, sometimes the antibiotics can stop the probiotics from working terribly effectively but the probiotics do not stop the antibiotics from working effectively no so you're not going to screw up what your doctor set for you no and even if you're only getting half the amount of probiotics from what it's you know because you're taking the um the antibiotics like maybe you're only getting half the strength because you're taking the antibiotics it's still worth it Absolutely. It's still better than 100%. 100%. I'm so glad we're on the same page. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, I love it. I want to, can I, can I do a recap of some advice and resources and where to start? Yes, let's do it. Do we have any other questions or things that we need to cover first? No, um, the recap would be perfect because my last question to you was going to be like if someone's listening to this and they're on tank water and now they've, you know, we've scared the pants off them. What yeah, perfect. Do do? What, are, what are the steps? Lay, lay out some steps for me so that okay. there's no overwhelm going on out there. Yeah. So getting tank water is pro- tested is probably going to be your very first step, I think. So, um, but it is providing to be a little bit challenging from place to place. So um, my first point of call for you is going to um, call your local um, Department of Agriculture to see if anyone in their facility tests water. So that's your generally your first point of call. Um, otherwise, doing a generalised Google search. If you're in, like closer to capital cities, there's a lot, it's a lot easier to get your water tested. I know South Australia has a great option, um, but generally Department of Ag first and 90% of the time they'll, they'll have a scientist there that will be able to do it for you. They may not do it for the general public, but if you ask really nicely, um, they'll probably do it. Um, otherwise, yeah, general Google or in capital cities, then that's a great place to start as well. Um, getting your tank water cleaned on a regular basis. Now, someone says, someone said to me three years and I'm like, for the price that it costs me, I'll be getting it done every year. Thanks very much. Um, just for the peace of mind, um, and getting it done when we're, we haven't even discussed this, but consider if you're building a house, if you're looking at getting a new tank, consider a couple of options. Concrete tank is always best. 
Um, I know they cost a little bit more, but they do well, a lot more, but they last a lot longer than um, a, a, a plastic tank. So I'm a believer in purchasing quality over something cheap that's only going to last you five years rather than 30 years. Uh, so definitely consider that, but also the location of where your tank is. And I know we spoke about it in the previous episode that we did, episode 17, I think you said, Jules, um, but the location of where your tank is, please put it as close to the house as possible and get direct runoff from your house. Really avoid the underground, murky, like pumping water from the from the drains down under the ground and then up back into your tank because that's in summer or when we don't have rain for a long period of time, we see all these murky bugs growing in the underground pipes and then you get that first rain and all of that gets pushed straight into your water and that's when I often see some um, people experiencing lots lots of symptoms. So there's two options, Um, have it, close to the house as possible so you can get a direct runoff, like one straight pipe coming from your roof in straight into your tank or get a diverter system or a flushing out system so you can um, flush out those pipes on a regular basis to be able to um, make sure that you're not getting those bugs beforehand. And generally farmers watch the rain um, and the little with their weather apps very very um, frequently. So if you you generally know when the rain's coming or when it's not, so you'll be able to know to flush out those um, systems if needed. So that's a great sort of starting point in regards to the tank. If you're experiencing symptoms, speak to a naturopath, speak to your GP, get some testing done get a filter. Filter is going to be absolute peace of mind. Now I spoke about earlier the filter um, which has a UV light that filters um, most of the bugs and then it goes through a two-part filtering system after that. I've done some research and I found a company in South Australia called Tank Doctors, I think, or the Tank Doctor. Yes. They're an Australian yeah, owned business, family owned. And that just makes me feel heaps better when I know that they're Australian owned, small business, family owned business. And I'm like, yes, I want to spend my money with you guys. Um, But they're also a wealth of knowledge as well. So I find if you're supporting He's got videos. He's got some great videos on his website about, you know, why you want this filter and what sort of filter and what it does. It's like gold. I love it. And call them ask questions. They are so, so helpful. Um, give them a call and it's, it's, they've got like a 10 year warranty on their, their filters. So they're going to last even longer than 10 years. So it's a huge, it's an investment for the future, but it's peace of mind. It's for me, it's peace of mind from future children. It's peace of mind for fam, like people visiting my house that I know that they're going to be drinking water and that's going to be safe. Like all of those things, it's a beautiful peace of mind to get a water filter and, and know that it's sorted. But I would still be getting, if I, when I get my filter, I'll still be getting my tank cleaned on a regular basis because that's going to help the filter system and all of the other things as well. Amazing. Hayley, thank you so, so, <laughs> so very much. Uh, can you just let people know where they can find you online and on socials? Absolutely. So um, on social media, Instagram and Facebook, I'm just the Rural Naturopath and I've got a website as well called um, www.theruralnaturopath.com. So um, if you have any questions, please reach out, um, send me a message. I'm more than happy to answer them um, and try and help you point, point you in the right direction. Excellent. Again, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. Hayley Dawson, you are an absolute legend. Thank you. Thank you, Jules. I hope you enjoyed listening to Straight Talking Natural Health. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Also, head over to my website at julesgalloway.com. 
There's a free quiz on there to see if you're at risk of burnout. I also have an amazing ebook called Heal Your Adrenals, which is a must for any woman with adrenal dysfunction, aka adrenal fatigue. When I'm not podcasting, I'm seeing clients all over the world via Zoom. I love working with fatigue, thyroid issues, autoimmunity, pyrrole disorder, mold illness, and complex cases, to name just a few. So why not book in and let's work together? All of this and more is available right now over at JulesGalloway.com. That's all from me for the time being. I look forward to diving in with you again in the next episode. Bye for now. This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash TheWellnessCouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.